What's up, everybody? My name is Ruben Cuevas, host of Gathering Strength, the podcast that helps you to accumulate and acquire all sorts of strength, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. Life is hard. It's already hard enough as it is. But it is infinitely harder when you are weak. And I don't want to see you suffer unnecessarily. I want to see you courageous. I want to see you brave. I want to see you compelled to do the right thing when it is so easy to do the wrong thing. If you do the wrong thing too many times, well, that is when your life begins to spiral down that toilet bowl. And I don't want to see that happen to you. That's why I have created Gathering Strength. That's why I wrote the book, Gathering Strength. Everything is fuel. You can find that on Amazon. It is available in paperback as well as an e-version. I also created the Gathering Strength book club. You can find that on Facebook. You can find all of the links to all of the stuff, to all of the Gathering Strength in the show notes. Now, today I'm going to be talking about peer pressure. Peer pressure, yeah, that's one of those things that you think goes away after, you know, once you graduate high school or college. You think, hey, I don't have to deal with peer pressure anymore. Good riddance. But I'm here to tell you, not so fast. Peer pressure is one of those things that is going to be sticking with you forever. And if you're not aware of it, well, you're going to be manipulated from here to there. You're going to be persuaded to do all sorts of things that are not in your best interest. Because misery loves company and the blind will continually and forever lead the blind. Well, you don't want to be a blind person being led by blind people. Nah, I'm here to get you in the headlock. Peel back your eyes so that you can see a little bit more clearly. Before we get deeper into the podcast, an encouragement to hit the subscribe button, leave me a five-star rating, and don't forget to leave a comment. As always, I like to start off the podcast with a quote from the GOAT, Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time. He said, the more you learn, the more you earn. And today, you're going to be learning about peer pressure. Now, let's go back, way back to the early ancient man because that is where if you pull on the thread of peer pressure hey it takes you all the way back there because the evolutionary aspect of conformity aka peer pressure aka fitting in well that can be traced all the way back to our ancestors and their need for survival within communities that is how deeply rooted peer pressure is. It, uh, it elicits the feeling of survival because whatever stands out can potentially be dangerous, can potentially be harmful, can potentially kill you. That is why it is so important for us to want to fit in 
because we want to be like everybody else. We, we don't want to stand out because what stands out is unfamiliar, is not known, and it elicits all of those feelings to want to, you know, eliminate that potential threat. Now, in early human societies, individuals who aligned with the group's norms and behaviors were more likely to receive support, protection, and resources. This conformity increased their chances of survival and reproduction. Now, when I reflect on that aspect in my life, you know, as a kid, it was... It was normal to get into fights. I saw all of my uh, my family members drinking, binge drinking, and then getting into fights. So guess what? I wanted to fit in with them because I wanted to align my actions with the norms and behaviors of the group because I didn't want to stand out. Because like I said, when you stand out, you are not like the others. And when, when you are a young and impressionable kid, you want to fit in. You want to be like everybody else. Now this conformity, it increased, hey, my chances to make friends, to move up in that hierarchy. And as I got older, you know, it in, increased my chances of, you know, getting the girl, you know, showing how, how tough I was, showing how brave I was, you know, uh, climbing up that idiotic and blind hierarchy. From an evolutionary standpoint, being part of a cohesive group provided advantages such as shared resources, collective defense against external threats, and increased opportunities for successful reproduction. Over time, the inclination to conform became ingrained in our genetic makeup, creating a predisposition to seek social approval and fit in the societal fabric. So this stuff, it is in our genetics. We want to fit in on a genetic level. In essence, our ancestors' ability to conform to the group's expectations contributed to the survival and the passing on of these adaptive traits through generations. So the, the more likely that you were able to conform, that created a disposition or it changed your genes because those genes got passed on. And guess what? Your offspring is going to have more of a proclivity to want to fit in. While our modern society has evolved significantly, these deep-rooted tendencies to conform still influence our behavior and desire to fit in, reflecting the enduring impact of evolutionary processes on human social dynamics. Now, here's the great thing about being a human. Just because these things have been passed on to us, we are not automatons. We are not just a key on a piano plucking one note 
No, we can change, adapt, learn, evolve, and move forward. Now, as children, the pressure to conform, well, you are able to feel that. Whether it's the toys we play with or the clothes that we wear, the desire to fit in is undeniable. As teenagers, the stakes rise with experimentation and relationship expectations, often molding our identities in the crucible of social acceptance. I remember I was probably, I don't know, like 6th or 7th grade And I met this one guy who changed the whole trajectory of my life. His name was Mike Valajas. I wonder what that guy's up to. He was a bad... (laughs) He was a bad boy! He was the one who got me smoking. He uh, He would steal bikes. And man, brazenly too. I remember... Uh, This street that I lived on in Newark, California, Laurel Street, right around the corner, I had a buddy named uh, Carlos and Renato Delatore, and they had an older brother named Sal, and they lived on the corner of a court. And deep into that court, they had some older, middle-aged white guy, big house, and he always kept his garage open. And one day, I was out in front of my house, and I saw... Mike Valajas and this other dude, this black guy's name was like, I think it was Chris Keys. Man, what is that guy up to? I have no idea. But I saw them like running super fast, holding fishing poles. I was like, oh, that's, that's odd. I didn't think anything about it until I go over to Renato's house and the, the white guy, he comes out and he's like, hey, you see anyone take my fishing poles? I was like, oh, damn. I was like, no. And then he, he, he just like walked off and, uh, you know, he was upset. But then I was like, damn, this Mike Valajas and that guy Chris Keys just ran into the guy's garage and stole some fishing poles. I was like, damn, that's pretty badass, right? And I thought that that was, you know, badass because I was a bad kid. Or let me rephrase that. I was a misguided youth. Now, I developed a relationship with those bad kids, which um, set me further down the path of being misguided because I started smoking cigarettes. I started smoking weed. I started stealing. And man, yeah, that spiraled down. That's how it happens. You start with one little cigarette and then it turns into, you know, smoking a whole pack a day and then rolling up some weed and then doing horrible pranks. I remember one one day, you know, when you are a kid and the adults in your life, you know, tell you, hey, don't cuss. That makes you want to cuss all the more when they say, hey, don't smoke cigarettes. But then they themselves are smoking cigarettes. When you get away from them, all you are going to want to do is smoke and cuss. <laughs> and that's all that I did. So we there we are smoking and cussing in the house. And you know what? His mother was there. So Mike Valajas, his own mother was in the house. And we're just smoking cigarettes like right in front of her. And she's just allowing it. 
I, I don't know why, but there we are. And we must have smoked, I don't know, a whole freaking pack in the house, windows closed. So guess what I go home smelling like? Cigarettes. And so I go home and my mom, she's like, hey, are you, are you smoking cigarettes? I'm like, no. Why? Why do you ask? She's like, because you smell like cigarettes. And then because I had to think fast on my feet, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, Mike's dad smokes cigars in the house. So I was in the house with him and she was like, you know, looking at me sideways. I guess she had to give me the benefit of the doubt. But if my son came home smelling like a freaking ashtray, well, I would do some deeper investigation. But anyways, moving into the teenage years... That's when uh, those bad habits start to deepen. That's when the peer pressure starts to worsen. And then you get into your 20s. Now you're being pressured to buy nicer things, to buy a nicer car. Because that's when, you know, when you're in your 20s, you want to... You want to construct a facade like you got it together. You're making this money. You're getting the grades, right? You are this person who you want people to portray you to be. And you try to fit into into societal pressures that are related to lifestyle choices. Partying, partying, drinking, you know, more drugs, peer pressure. And then when you get into your 30s, pressure to achieve even more. Hey, you should have a nicer car now. You should have nicer materialistic possessions. You should be working more. You should have more money. You should be achieving all of these milestones that society says that a 30-year-old should be achieving. Marriage, home ownership, your own business, kids, careers, Certificates, credentials, all of those things. Now, how about when you get into your 40s? You should have a family. Your kids should be acting this way. You should be having, you know, career advancements. You should be comparing yourself to other people. Hey, look at this family. They have this type of house. They go on those type of vacations. They have this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, the old adage, I think it was spoken by Theodore Roosevelt or maybe his wife, but he said or she said that comparison is the thief of joy. And I say, you damn right. Now, when you get into your 50s, I'm not 50 yet, but I know that being 50 is going to come with its own set of peer pressure. And guess what we have today to combat with? Social media. Influence on everything. Every single lifestyle choice is going to be brought to you by a social media influencer. But luckily for you, no weapon formed against you is going to prosper because I'm going to provide you with five tips to combat and fight back against the pressures of peer pressure. 
Number one is going to be self-awareness. Understand your values, your own goals, your own priorities. Nobody is going to be able to tell you what these things are. Knowing yourself, as Socrates said over thousands of years ago, this is going to empower you to make decisions aligned with your authentic self. And this is going to reduce susceptibility to external pressures. Build a support network. Surround yourself with individuals who share and respect your values. A strong support system provides encouragement and reinforcement during challenging moments. Next, key tip number three is going to be learn to say no. Let your no's be no, your yeses be yes. Practice setting boundaries and saying no when needed. It's a powerful skill that preserves your autonomy and helps you stay true to your principles. The word no, well, that's a sentence. That's a statement. No. And no. Tip number four is going to be develop critical thinking. Cultivate the ability to evaluate situations independently. Ask questions, consider consequences, and make decisions based on rational judgment rather than succumbing to external influences. Last tip is going to be confidence. Confidence is your shield. Boost your self-confidence because this is going to give you a strong sense of self-worth and this acts as that shield against peer pressure. This is going to allow you to stand firm in your choices and resist unwarranted influence. One of the ways that I build confidence, well, I I do my push-ups. I do my push-ups, I say my prayers, I get adequate rest, I lift weights, I read books, I journal. And that's how how you build confidence. Remember that combating peer pressure is an ongoing process. The tips that I provided you can serve as tools in your toolkit because you're going to need to navigate the complexities of life. I'll end this podcast with with the quote by Seneca. He said that if you do not know which port you are sailing to, then no wind is favorable. So set yourselves, know where you're going, and in due time, you will get there. Until next time, it's onward, always onward.